Wow, we've doubled our congregation in one day. That is amazing. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is moving. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Well, before we get started, Grace, you want to come on down? We're going to take up an offering. Never stop taking up an offering, because I want you to be blessed. God told me that years ago, when I looked here, and I looked out, and I'm like, I know them all, they're all family and friends, and I know their finances, but God said, nope, you're denying them a blessing by not taking up an offering. So I said, okay, Lord, I'll take your correction. So Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we just come to you, Lord God, and we just thank you and we just give you all the praise and honor and glory for what you have been doing in our lives. For what you've been doing with the works of our hands and the, and the blessings that you have been giving us, Lord God. And Lord, we just want to give back to you cheerfully, Lord God. We know, Lord God, that, Lord God, that your hands are upon us, Lord God. And we know, Lord God, that you are for us and you're not against us. And Lord, that above all things, you want us to prosper and be in good health. And that's what your word says, Lord God, and we believe it. And I just thank you, Lord God, for this day. I thank you for all those that are here. I thank you, Lord God, that we can give to you cheerfully, Lord God. And I just thank you, and I just praise you, and I pray a blessings upon your people. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. God is good, amen. All the time. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Better put my glasses on so I can see. Thank you, Lord. <sighs> this morning I woke up. Thank God. <laughs> Thankful for that, right? But I was, when I woke up, the scripture was running through my mind, and it's one I say all the time. It's in 1 John 4, 4, and you guys probably all know it by heart, because I say it all the time. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And it was running through my mind first thing in the morning. <clears throat> Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I don't know about you, but in these last few years, I have found myself in some pretty intense spiritual battles. Not just in my regular day-to-day, -day, not just in life in general, but many times at night, I find myself in some serious spiritual battles where I am casting out demons where I'm calling out to Jesus, where I'm trying to say the name of Jesus in my sleep, I find myself waking up and saying out loud, Get out! <laughs> my wife can attest to that. <laughs> She'd be like, What are you saying in my sleep? And I'm battling. I don't know about you, but it's been like that for the last couple of years. Get out. Get out of my house. Get out of my family. 
Leave in the name of Jesus. And then once I'm awake, I'll start to pray. And I find myself as I'm getting older that I'm getting, it's easier for me to wake up at all hours of the night. And years and years ago when we had the shop there in Vestal, we used to have some friends, we still have them. I haven't seen them in years. But they were the uh, capuchin priest or followers of Christ. And Corey, monks, and they were up off Edson Hill, believe it or not. You know, when we used to ride our dirt bikes, and they try to chase us off with farm tractors, and us kids would be riding our dirt bikes, and we'd laugh at them. Like, you can't catch a 125 on an old Ford 8N, you know? <laughs> I'm just sorry, it's not happening. Or on three-wheelers or four-wheelers. It wasn't happening. So... But it's funny how, how we've got to know them, especially Brother Felix and Carl, some of them. But they gave us, you know, they're the ones that gave us the, uh, the statue of Mother Mary. You know, they gave us a beautiful statue of Mother Mary because they're, you know, they're Catholics. But they're believers. They believe in the Holy Spirit. They believe in Jesus. <clears throat> And there's absolutely nothing wrong with the Blessed Mother Mary. I'm going to be honest with you and tell you right up front. I believe, I mean, she is favored above all women. She is honored above all women in the Bible, is Mary. And we should honor Mary. We don't pray to Mary, but we should give Mary honor. Because Mary bore our Savior Jesus through a miraculous conception, the virgin birth. So she should be honored, and she should be praised to be chosen by God. Can you imagine that? So anyways, they also gave me a rosary, which I have on my headboard of our bed. And at night, when I wake up in the night, when I'm in these spiritual battles, I'll just grab that rosary, and I'm not praying the rosary because I don't know the rosary, but I grab it because there's the cross on there with Jesus on that cross. And I'll just grab it and I'll start praying. I'll start praying for my family. I'll start taking authority in Jesus' name, the authority that Christ gave me. I'll start casting out demons in our families, in our lives, not of our own homes. Because if you don't think we're not being attacked, you know, then you're just deceiving yourself and lying to yourself. Because as Christians, we get attacked every day. You know, and it could be in all different shapes, forms, or whatever. You got a big old target on the back, and then the world doesn't like you, the devil doesn't like you, you know. So you're being attacked every day, and we're, we're, we're having to make choices every day. So I'll grab a hold of that rosary there, and I'll just start praying. And sometimes, you know, it'll be a few hours until I fall back asleep, and I'll just grab it, and I'll just pray. I'm not on any of my notes. <clears throat> but as believers in Christ, I believe it is very important for us to know and understand who we are in Christ Jesus. And not just who we are in Christ Jesus. Remember last week I, I preached 
you know, I believe we're in the end times. It's pretty obvious. You know, you see wars, rumors of wars. You hear of pestilence. We just went through COVID, which is like a pestilence or a plague. It's not just plague one nation, but plague the whole world. We're going to be going, they're talking about famines. You know, all that's in the Bible. It's right there in Matthew chapter 28. You don't believe me, just read it. It's right there in Luke chapter 21. All about Jesus talking about the end times and all the things that are happening that we're seeing in the world. Wars, rumors of wars, false teachers, false prophets. You know, all of it's right there. Famines. They're talking about how um, Ukraine provides like 21% of all the wheat for the whole world. And how they're talking about Ukraine can't harvest because of the war that they're in with Russia. And now Russia has got all of the uh, ports blocked off. So not only can't they harvest the grain, but the grain they can harvest, they can't ship. Because Russia's got all their ports blocked off. And they're talking about famines and food. I mean... You can see it, food shortages. You can see inflation, you know, going up. The cost of living has gone up dramatically. And all of this is happening pretty rapidly. This isn't just happening like over a long period of time. Things are changing rapidly in our world, really quickly. And it's almost like spiraling out of control. And last week... I was like, because I'd like to preach on the end times. You know, I, I read about it a lot, and I like, to, I like to see what I see in the news and confirm it to what the Word is. But I think we need to go beyond that. We need to be learning how to live. How are we going to live? How are we, gonna, how are we going to make it through these end times? And I'm going to tell you, be honestly, if you're not... For Christ, if you're not standing with Christ and not having a strong faith in the Word and having a strong foundation, you are going to struggle. You know? You're going to struggle. Especially if you're a confessing Christian. So... We have to believe. You have to believe in who you are. It's so important for you to understand who you are in Jesus Christ. When we believe in the authority we have in Christ, when we truly get it, you know, I wasn't good in math in school at all. I wasn't good in school, period. I really was not good. The only thing I was good at was gym class. You know? Yeah. The only thing I was good at. I was not good in school. I wasn't no honor roll student. And I'm so proud that we have so many honor roll students in our family. You know? And they're going on to college. I'm so proud of you guys for doing things like that. That's awesome. That's great. But that wasn't me. So... It took me a long time to get things, to understand things. I didn't have a good, quick understanding of things. But when I finally got an understanding, and when I got it, I got it. You know what I'm saying? It was like the lights came on, and I totally understood. But 
and that's how we have to be with Christ and who we are. We have to truly understand who you are. When the lights come on, when, you, when Jesus says to you, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me and I give it to you, and when you truly understand that you have authority on this earth, the same authority not only that Jesus had, but he says that not only are you going to be able to do great things, but you're going to be able to do greater things than I've done. So that means that not only can, did Jesus walk on water, but I can walk on water. And not only can I walk on water, but I can do greater things than that. Not only did Jesus cast out the demons, but I can cast out the demons because all authority in heaven has been given unto Jesus and Jesus in turn gives it unto you. So when you stand there and you are faced with the devil and you cast out a demon, you have to believe and truly believe that it's gone in Jesus' name. And when those lights come on and you truly understand that authority and who you are, then I believe that you will truly walk in the victory that Christ gave us. And you know, when you have that and when you know that, it doesn't matter what's going on around the world. You know, I think of this, and I was thinking, I was pondering this the other day when I was talking to um, one of my friends, business owner, and we were talking about competition, and it's like, I truly don't, ever really think of my competition at all. I truly don't care what they're doing. I don't even think about them because we're so busy with our own work that we're doing that I'm not paying attention to them. I am focusing on what God has given us to do, right? I don't have time. You know, and when we think like that, in a godly perspective, especially when it comes to Demonic forces coming against you. It's almost like you got to rebuke him. You say, I don't even have time for you. You are wasting my time. Right? I'm wasting time. on listening to demonic voices that might speak to my head and tell me I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. Or you're not a child of God. No, that's, you got to, you got to wait. You got to say, wait a minute. That's the devil. You got to recognize it first. And you got to say, that's the devil. And you're wasting my time. I'm a child of God. I'm a born believer. I'm a blood-bought Christian. Jesus paid the price for my sins. Amen? And I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to focus on that. Because that's exactly what the devil wants us to do. He wants us to focus on him and not on Christ. He wants us to focus on our problems and our circumstances instead of the solutions. Which is the solution... For all of life, and I've, I've said this a thousand times, is Jesus Christ. He's the solution. You follow his ways, you know, and what does it say? He'll never fail you or forsake you. He'll never abandon you. He'll never leave you. And if you believe that, and you put all your faith and trust in that, then nothing else, nothing in this world will even come close to harming you. Because you're not focusing on what the world is doing. You are focused like a laser on Christ. And his will for your life and his will for your family. And that's where we got to be in these end days. We can't, this world is going to go crazy. It's not, it shouldn't matter what goes on around the world because our focus isn't on the world. 
I preached that last week. We're not living for the world. I'm not living for the world. I'm living for the kingdom of God. Right? We're living for the kingdom that comes. We're living for His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm living for the kingdom of God here on earth. I'm living to see my king come back on the clouds. And I want you to be ready for that day. It won't matter what life brings or what life throws at us, what challenges or difficulties come our way because we will be rooted in him and nothing else will matter. We will trust in Christ, not in a man or in the world. And as Christians, I mean, this is a daily thing that we have to do every day. I don't know about you, but for me, I have to do this every day. I have to do this every day. And I'm telling you, sometimes I get wrapped up in the world. I get wrapped up in the whirlwind of everything that goes on every day. And it's easily to get caught up in that stuff. It's easily to get caught up in the day by day. It's harder to say, I need to stop, you know, stop, drop, and roll. Basically what they teach you in, in school. When you're on fire, stop, drop, and roll. I've had to do that before once. <laughs> Thank God only once and I'll never do it again. But yeah, but you have to stop. And you have to get your mind focused again on where it should be. Especially me, because sometimes it's hard for me to stop. Do you know, <clears throat> I used to have a book by John G. Lake. He was, he, he started all these healing um, little churches all around, all around the United States, in Africa, he was a great healing minister in Africa, you know. And in Spokane, Washington, where he had his headquarters, Spokane, Washington, was the healthiest place to live when John G. Lake was alive because he healed all the diseases. The healthiest place to live in the whole nation because he went through and healed all these diseases. Because I'm going to tell you, some of the attacks on our health are not just because of our health. And are not just, they're not just physical, but they're spiritual. A lot of the attacks on our health are spiritual. And you can bind them up and you can take authority over that demonic force in Jesus' name. A lot of our ailments are spiritual. They're attacks from the devil. But John G. Lake would wake up in the morning, every morning. He would put on his best suit. And he would look at himself in the mirror and he'd say, God lives in that man. Wouldn't that be something to do? Something to think about every day before you start your day, when you look in the mirror and you, you get yourself ready to go to work, and you say, God lives in that man. God lives in that woman. Wouldn't that change your perspective on how you go through your day? I mean, that's a great way to start the day. We should practice it. We should do it. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19... <clears throat> it says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all 
the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Read that with me. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Think about that. God has given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. That means the enemy has no power over you as a believer in Christ Jesus when you walk in the full authority that Christ gave you. There is nothing, no arrow that flies by day, no pestilence that comes by night that can attack you that you can't overcome because Jesus gave you all authority. All authority over the enemy, over the devil, over powers and principalities of darkness and high places. Jesus gave you authority to bind them up and cast them out. But if you don't believe that and you don't get it, if you don't get it in your spirit, then you're not going to have that authority and the enemy's going to take that authority over you. But you got to get it. And that's where we got to go as a church in these end days. We got to get it. We got to get it, church. We got to understand that we have the authority here. All the power of the enemy cannot harm you. Think about that. All the power of the enemy cannot harm you. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. And against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. See, we do have an adversary out there. And trust me, he knows his days are up. He knows that these days, he knows this book better than we know the book. You got to understand the devil was with God in heaven leading worship. That he was built with pipes in him to worship God. He walked in heaven in the presence of God leading angels and saints in worship. He was there. And he was cast out. Jesus said, "Just he saw Satan fall like lightning from the sky, from heaven. As he was reminding his disciples not to be proudful. Not to be proud or haughty of who they are or the authority they have. He was reminding them, listen. I saw Satan fall like lightning from the sky because of his pride, and he wanted to be like God and be worshipped. He was telling them, don't let this authority and power that I'm giving to you go to your head. 
Because it's not of you, it's of God. we got to remember that. That's important. Because this authority that's given to us has only been given to us because it was given to Jesus by God the Father. We can't let it go to our head. It's not of our own doing, but it's of God's doing. It's of God's doing inside of you, the working of who is in you, who is greater than he who is in the world. And in Luke chapter 9, verse 1, Jesus called the twelve together. And that's when he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from the sky. But he said to them, I have given them power and authority to drive out demons. I can't read my own writing, so I've got to look on the board. I have given them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. Cure diseases. Can we keep going, Joe? And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Cast out all demons, cure all diseases, Preach the kingdom of God. And you know, that's what they were preaching. The kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is near. They went around preaching. The kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God has got to be even nearer now. It's been 2,000 some years. It's got to be closer. Who knows? It could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be 10 days. It could be 10 years. It's still nearer than what it was 2,000 years ago. Our job is not to worry about when the kingdom of God is coming. Our job is to be ready for when the kingdom of God does come. You know? Because it is coming. And if we claim to be children of God, then we should know who we are in Christ and the authority we have over this world. You are a child of God. John said it this way in 1 John chapter 2, verse 28. And now, dear children, continue in him. That reminds me of the branch and the vine. You know? We gotta be, we gotta remain. The branches gotta remain in the in the vine. If they don't remain in the vine, if they get cut off. Or if you separate yourself from God, then what happens? The vine, the branch withers up, right? When you cut a branch off a tree, you know, we do a lot of trimmings all the time in our business. When you cut a, when you start trimming bushes, it doesn't take long. All of a sudden that you can see the, the, the leaves start to wilt. It's almost immediately that the leaves will start to wilt. And then you gather up those clippings that you've clipped and you throw them in a, you know, you, you throw them in the trailer to be dumped in the garbage. And that's exactly what happens to us if we don't remain in Christ Jesus. If we don't continue in him, then we too will dry up and it will be of no good. 
We need to continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. Do you know, one of the songs we were singing is, and I, I don't know the exact words, but one of the verses in that song was when you look into his eyes, when, he, when, he looks, when you look into his eyes, he sees no shame in you. He sees no shame in you. He's, you know, when, he, when you look into his eyes, that he sees no shame. Can you imagine looking into our Savior's eyes? Can you imagine that day when you are looking into Jesus' eyes and there's no shame? Nothing but love. You know, I don't want, you know, I don't want, and I know you don't want, To hear him say, depart from me, I never knew you. Nobody in their right mind on that day, and the end of their days, when they have to face judgment to God, is going to want to hear Jesus say to them, depart from me, I never knew you. Nobody. When he separates the sheep from the goats. It's going to be a glorious day for some and it's going to be a horrific day for others. Terrible day. It's going to be a, a glorious day, but yet a sad day. Yeah, I know what you're talking about and laughing about. Shepherd or sheep fellowship. Yep. But I want to tell you, God is coming. He is coming. He's coming for his children. He's coming for his bride. He's coming for those that are getting themselves ready for that day. And that's what I want to do. I want to help you to get ready for that day when you have to meet Jesus. You, we are all going to have to face him. There's nobody exempt from that. My question is, are you ready? I want you to be ready to be living by faith in Christ with all the benefits that Christ has given us. The authority, the power, the love, the faithfulness, the thankfulness, the righteousness. Not afraid, but victorious, strong, steadfast, rooted and built up. And not just built up, but building up others. Doing what Christ called us to do. Making disciples of nations. And tr truly believing that God is for us. He's not against us. Do you know that God is for you? God is not against you. You might think that God is against you. When life throws you lemons and when things get hard and difficult. But he's not. Not all circumstances are caused by God. God doesn't cause things like that. Sometimes it's our own choices that we make. And we have to face the choices that we make. And the decisions that we make. But God is not against us. God is not against you. He's for you. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. 
God brought us this far, right? That's, I mean, I look at my life and I think God's brought me this far. He's not going to drop me now. He's not going to leave me now. God's going to see it through to the end. He's going to see me through to the end. He's going to see you through to the end. He's not going to leave you. Why? When he's invested so much into you and into your life. You know, I think about all the blessings I have. I'm thankful. I have all my children and grandchildren that are healthy and strong. You know? I wake up each morning and I'm thankful to God that I have healthy kids and grandkids. That none of them are sick. That I have great family all around me. That God's blessed me. Even though I did terrible things in my life. Even though I'm not worthy of what he's done. But he saved me. And he brought me through those things in my life that were hard. And I'm sure he's brought you through many things in your life that have been hard for you and for your families. And if he did that, he's not going to just stop. He's not going to quit. God doesn't quit. He doesn't give up. He doesn't surrender. He sent his son Jesus Christ to die for you and to die for me. You think he's going to quit? He didn't quit then. He saw his plan through, even though it seemed harsh. Because he knew that the sufferings that his son was going to have were just going to be a little bit of time over eternity. And that he was going to be able to redeem all of mankind. But he wasn't going to force it on him. He doesn't force salvation on you. He doesn't force himself on you. He lets you make a choice. You either you can choose him or you can choose not. Psalms 91. I'm totally off my notes. But I want to read Psalms 91 to you. Psalms 91 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. How many here when they were kids used to have terrors, night terrors or nightmares? They call them night terrors, nightmares, you know. You don't have to fear that as a child of God. You don't have to fear the terror of night. Nor the plague, nor the pestilence, nor the darkness. 
nor the arrows of the enemy coming at you. You don't have to fear that stuff. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. He will command his angels to guard you in all his ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. <clears throat> because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. I will be with him in trouble. That means trouble will come. But we can take faith that Christ is going to be with us. Even David, God's servant, who, whose heart was for God, had a heart after God. Even David faced trouble. But God was faithful. He said, even in your trouble, I will be there with you. You're going to have trouble. And David had many troubles. A man after God's own heart. How would you like to have that said about you by God? How would you like to have that said about you by God? You're a child of God, a man, a woman after my own heart. What honor would that be? I know I want to. I long to. I long to be. I want God to say to me, well done, my good and faithful servant. Just like I want him to say it to you. I want God to say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. A man after my own heart. A woman after my own heart. God doesn't want one. He doesn't want to lose one. He doesn't want to have one depart. Not one. You know, and it doesn't have to be. His will for us is not one. And this is the word. And I'll repeat it. His will for us is not one to perish. Not one to perish. His will for us is for us to prosper and be in good health. You know, when I think about that, and I think about all the children that God is losing, and I think about that in the natural, 
you know, I'm fortunate. I've never lost a child. I can't bear the thought of even losing one child or a grandchild. I can't think of it. I can't imagine it. You know, I've, I've never done it. I can't even imagine the pain. And for those that have lost a child, I can't imagine the pain they're going through or they've gone through. But think about that in perspective with God. Think about the children that God is losing. Do you think it doesn't hurt him? Do you think it doesn't cause him pain? To see one, one child lost? I'm sure it causes him pain. I'm sure he weeps and mourns and is sorrowful over it. Every time. I can't imagine it. And God's will is not one to be lost. Not one. But we can't let the enemy win. We can't let the enemy win over our children, win over our families, win over our lives, win over our minds. Because all these thoughts start from your mind and your eyes. We have to take full authority over that, over the devil, in Jesus' name, over the powers, over the principalities, over the darkness. We have to, we have, to have the mind of Christ in us. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you that's in Christ Jesus. We have to have the mind of Christ. We have to be covered by the blood of the Lamb. Amen? We can't let the enemy win any longer. we got to make a stand. I'll close with this. 1 John 4, 4. You, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. Think about that. You, dear children, are from God. And have overcome them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. We have to believe it. We have to live it. We have to get it. We have to get it. And believe it. Amen? Father, I thank you and I praise you for this day. And I thank you, Lord God, for all those that are here. I pray your special blessing upon them. I pray that you would... Anoint them and bless them. I pray, Lord God, for those that aren't here, that you will be with them, and that you would bless them for all those that are hearing this word. I thank you, Lord God, that it's going out and it's reaching many, Lord God, across the world. I pray, Lord God, that you would bless each one of them. And I just pray, Father God, for this day, for you to be lifted up and glorified, that we would take this day of rest and rest in you in peace, and that we would rest in the authority you've given us, that we would rest in the, in the job that you've done, that we wouldn't give the devil any foothold, but Lord God, we wouldn't pay him any attention because that's what he wants, our attention, and that we would focus on you. And I just pray this in Jesus' name, amen. 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 I think we should pray for mom, and we should lay hands on mom and pray for her. For her healing in Jesus' name. Amen.